0: Hi, this is Janine, host of the Olive Magazine podcast. You are listening to episode one of our special vegan theme series. In this episode, I chat to food writer and olive vegan columnist Richard Makin, who shares his expertise in creating inventive dishes, as well as some great advice on ingredient swaps and how to veganise your favourite recipes. I'm delighted um, on this episode to welcome Richard Makin. AK School Night Vegan, who is Olive's regular vegan columnist, food writer and Instagram sensation. I noticed you've got 140,000 followers now, Richard. So yeah, well done for that. Yeah,
1: that feels like quite, quite a threshold, doesn't it?
0: That's a massive jump. I'm sure you've jumped up like 40,000 since our last podcast or something. Who
1: knows, Janine? I've lost <laughs> track now.
0: <laughs> but... Um, You're on the podcast today um, as part of this vegan series. Obviously, you're you're our in-house expert. Um, I thought it would be useful to get you on to talk about, you know, how people can kind of start their vegan journey because I think that, you know, listeners might feel a bit overwhelmed by the prospect of change into a totally plant based diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought to start with, maybe you could just give us a few simple tactics to get them started with that.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, my first piece of advice would be just don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know this sounds oversim- oversimplified, but yes, it is spooky and people do really, really worry about it because as with any big shift in diet, right, if you change your diet in any way, it's it's a scary, a scary process. But I think the worst thing you can do is overthink it and, you know, think that you have to start from scratch. I was talking to um, a, a decorator who was working in our house a few weeks ago and he was saying he tried going vegan and it just didn't work because... I was taking salads to lunch every day and I just got so hungry and all of this sort of stuff and I was like well why didn't you just carry on eating what you were normally eating but just replace you know you don't have to re- reinvent the wheel just, just just stick with your normal eating habits but find decent replacements and I think that's the best the best way to kick it off and no that isn't what your diet's going to look like for the rest of your life but it's a good way to sort of get past those initial nerves of 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 changing what's what's on your plate but i think yeah don't don't be afraid of of uh leaning on store store-bought replacements you know if you've got a bolognese recipe that you're obsessed with or you know a mac and cheese recipe that you're obsessed with that just makes you happy then find a decent vegan mince and keep making that bolognese you know that it, it's uh you don't have to Um, buy a pressure cooker and steam your own lentils for two hours every (laughs) night you know it's that's 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 boss level vegan stuff
0: and and it's the familiar as well isn't it that like when you're easing your way into that new new way of eating there's like familiar touch points there that are going to give you comfort because you're like well i i know how to do this i'm not learning a whole new recipe from scratch i'm Mm -hmm. just adding in a different element into one stage of it
1: definitely. And it's not always that easy with certain things. I think eggs in particular can be quite tricky because I think we said this last time we chatted, but eggs do so many things. You know, they're a raising agent, they're an emulsifier, they bind things, all of that sort of stuff. So it's not always as easy as just finding an egg replacement and using that straight up. But when it comes to meat or cheese or milk uh, or butter, there are so many vegan options out there now. And so many of them work really well in recipes. So you know, give them a go. Try a few brands. Find the one that you like the most, and 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 go with it.
0: Yeah, and then once people have kind of you know started um, the, the journey and they've they've started bringing in these replacements and they kind of they're feeling a bit comfortable, what what sort of tips and tricks could you give them to to you know like move on to the next stage where you're sort of being a bit more adventurous?
1: I think I think creativity in any cooking, let alone just mm. just vegan cooking. It's all about having the right tools and it's all about having the right ingredients, basically. Okay. And I think the main thing to being a creative cook is just having a well-stocked pantry, a well-stocked fridge, well-stocked freezer, and knowing that you know, if you come up with an idea to to make something or a particular cake or a particular kind of cookie, or you see a recipe that gets you excited, you've got all of those things in the house. You don't have to run out and buy loads of stuff um, because chances are your corner shopper isn't going to have, you know, all of the vegan options that you that you need. So, I mean... Whether that's having well-stocked tin section, you know, I've always got chickpeas, always got borlotti beans, always got tinned lentils, stuff like that. Um, you know, I always have tofu in the freezer, and tofu freezes really beautifully and defrosts in the microwave, and um, and it's so versatile as an ingredient. So that's great to have on on hand. And actually, I've done over the course of January a uh, a series on my Instagram stories. Of uh, vegan essentials, pantry heroes, which oh, yeah, is probably I saw that. A pretty that's
0: brilliant. Yeah, that's a really pretty good useful way of place doing it. to start. Yeah. yeah, So basically, with with these things, so it, again, a, a bit of preparation, as in get your store. St- st- maybe think about like a little bit of meal planning. Like if you're going to adventure out there, so picking a couple of recipes that you want to try, or sort of seeing what the the common vegan ingredients are that are being used. And like you said, there's there's various different ones which we'll touch on later. But then making sure you've kind of got those in, you know, mm. like the lentils or the um meat replacements, um, into your store cupboard. So you've so you've got this kind of bank of things to draw on. Yeah. And then your and then your other shopping, I guess, would be like your normal shopping where you go to the shops and you buy your fresh fruit and your veg, and everything yeah. you would buy if you were doing a, a non vegan shop.
1: Exactly. Because I think I think the main thing that spooks people is the fact that very few of us actually use cookbooks or recipes when we're making our tea or making a, a quick lunch or something like that. We 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 use those recipes that are in in our heads and we've used a million times and we know them off by heart, or or even just you know I know how how a bolognese sauce should look, so I can sort of throw things in the pan. And I for one, when I first went vegan, felt like the rug had been pulled out from under me because I was like, Well what what now? You know, <laughs> I, and I was going from vegetarian to vegan. So it's still that wasn't even a huge step, but just not being able to grate cheese on top of everything when it didn't yeah. turn out. Were properly you, was, was cheese
0: were, were you reliant on cheese quite a lot? Cheese was you my, think?
1: my crutch for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um but that passes, you know, you really, you, yeah. once you find a decent replacement or even not, you know, you sort of, you, I I don't miss it really. People anymore. might
0: be surprised by that, though, that you, you know, that you went from vegetarian to vegan and, and you still found it a little bit of a, like, twisty road to get down to, like, actually get to where you're comfortable with it.
1: Yeah, well, like I said at the start, I mean, it's it, any change in your diet is just a huge... Step out of anyone's comfort zone, which is why I have nothing against people really taking their time to shift to shift their diet. Because I think if you if you go cold turkey and you jump straight in, um, say with Veganuary and do a month a month of of straight up vegan vegan eating, that's great if you can manage it. That's that's fantastic. But a lot of people you know, take a lot, a lot. perhaps people who are less comfortable in the kitchen or less creative in the kitchen, that's going to take a lot longer. And so it's still a step in the right direction if you take, you know, a few months rather than just a couple of days to make that transition.
0: Mm. I was going to ask, do you you make use of things like um, batch cooking and, you know, bases and things like that to kind of, you know, build on? Is that something that you that you use in in your cooking because i know obviously we talked about lentils and chickpeas and different pulses there's all different levels of needing to be soaked and needing to be pre-cooked is that something that can kind of help people by by doing that first
1: if that's your thing yeah absolutely i mean i'm much more of a corner corner cutter in that i tend to use tinned tinned stuff wherever possible so very rarely unless i'm making like a dal or something i i won't cook my my lentils from scratch although i did just buy a pressure cooker so i could do that in no time which is fantastic um but yeah i mean i i tend to cook corners in terms of the the prep and use tinned, tinned ingredients but i do really really like to um they call it meal prep now, but I always just see it as like cooking, right? That's just what cooking used to be—portioning food out and and getting yourself set for the week. Because again, I feel like once you've got your three meals for the for the for the day sorted, there's all of the all of that window for creativity and fun and excitement, and um, that's when I do some of my best work. When I know that I I've got dinner sorted already and it's in the fridge, it just needs to get microwaved, and then I can go and be creative make a mess in the kitchen and it doesn't matter
0: so what would you do that a couple of days before or would you do that weekend or
1: um usually I have a, pr- a prep day on like a Sunday evening right. and um, but what that really means is just cooking like four times the amount of of dinner for that evening <laughs> that than, than I need you know loads of rice and say if I'm doing a chili I just use like four tins of beans rather than one tin of beans or something like that. And uh, and then just portion it up. I splashed out on some fancy uh fancy containers over lockdown because I was doing so much of that. Yeah. And um and it's made me very happy, I have to say I'm a bit of a moniker in that in that uh in that <laughs> aspect.
0: So it's more like bat you know the 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 classic, which I use all the time for everything. Batch cooking. And then eating one, maybe freezing the rest or keeping one for later on in the, in the weekend, freezing the rest. And actually that, once you find a great recipe that you love, that takes so much pain out of everything. It really does. Because, you, you know, you've it just really got m- it's just money in the bank, isn't it? We also um,
1: sometimes have a week of what we call endless meal, which is where... I make a dish and there's half of it left because we're have too full. And then the next day I turn that into something else, use the you know the leftovers to turn it into something else. And then that's still too much food. So the day after that, oh. we turn it into a, a shepherd's pie or whatever.
0: Well, let's talk about when people are, I'm calling this giving up without giving up, as hmm. in, because um, you mentioned about, you know, ingredients substitution. Um, and I wanted to talk about some of the things that I feel like people would miss you know um as as a new vegan um I'm thinking things like you mentioned cheesiness and then also that kind of caramelization and the umami because I know all of these things from watching your videos are things that you concentrate on within your Mm -hmm. vegan videos you know you did this Mm -hmm. incredible chicken I saw um obviously fake chicken and then you you managed to make this caramelized skin to go on top of it, which yeah. I believe, because I was doing a little bit of research, could possibly some- be something called yuba. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> it's my new it's favorite my, word.
1: It, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I mean... This is a very um, Western-centric perspective because it's a new ingredient to me. You know, I've only discovered it in the last year or so, but it's been around for for, for ages in, in Asian cuisine. But it's basically made by simmering a great big pot of soy milk and then a sort of skin forms on the top of the soy milk as it's simmering and then you fish off the skin and then dry it and so you're left with this really really thin sheet of what is effectively tofu it's called paper tofu or yuba and um it's really high protein it's uh, it's delicious I use it also in making um scrambled egg like vegan vegan scrambled egg because it has that sort of ribbony texture to it Um, But you can also rehydrate it, wrap it around whatever vegan meat you're making. So the example you're talking about was a seitan recipe, which is made with wheat gluten. And and then it just really behaves a lot like chicken skin. It sort of blisters and browns and goes crispy in places and you can uh, cover it in... um, like a sort of brown sugar spicy rub and make, uh, and then make sort of roast chicken and it's great, it's really good.
0: You mentioned satan there, for people mm. who, who don't know what satan is, it's not the devil, it's actually, <laughs> um, as, you, as you said, it's a weak gluten which is sold in its primary form as a kind of flour, ish thing that you add water to that's right isn't it
1: yeah basically you can buy it pre-made so some health food stores sell it sell it in a jar and also if you've ever been to Asian supermarkets and they sell those tins of mock duck um, oh yeah like vegetarian duck which is actually it's also delicious
0: thing is it really yes
1: faux duck or uh, something like that and it's even got the little looks like there's little plucks where the feathers have come out which is kind (laughs) of creepy um, but that's made that's seitan basically, and all it is is um uh it's made from vital wheat gluten, which is basically the extracted uh proteins that comes from wheat flour. Um and you buy it as like you said, as like a a, a flour, it just looks like a sort of slightly darker wheat flour. And um once you hydrate it, which you can do with any sort of flavor flavorsome liquid, um you end up with this dough that you can knead and, knead and knead and knead and knead and you get this beautiful sort of like really stretchy texture. I, I imagine like a really elastic bread dough. Oh,
0: so you're like developing the gluten as you would in a, exactly. in a bread dough. And the
1: more you develop it, the more meaty that texture is and the more sort of fibrous it will be. Bouncy
0: and fibrous, yeah.
1: And then all you have to do is is cook it. And my favourite method is to, is to wrap it all up in... Um, like uh, greaseproof paper and steam it and when you wrap it up it stops it from expanding like like bread would do and that means there's no big air bubbles in there but there's these beautiful sort of striations of the of the uh the gluten gluten texture and it's so it pulls apart like chicken or it pulls apart like beef and um you can hydrate it with soy sauce you can hydrate it with uh with sort of blended up beetroot if you want that kind of red reddish color to to the to the meat <laughs> at the end or you can get creative and do loads of stuff stock
0: so, yeah i was going to say so at the hydration point where you're adding hmm. the water you can add flavor into it as well
1: that's what's so great about it it really takes on the flavor of whatever you pop in there so Mm. if you were to add spices to it you know maybe smoked paprika or whatever Mm. you could end up with kind of like a a smoky bacon flavor and then slice it really thin and end up with a a nice vegan bacon but yeah it's so versatile and you can form it into whatever shape you want into little chicken breasts or a a roast I did a recipe for you guys
0: for Christmas and it was a vegan ham yeah Um,
1: and that's the seitan recipe
0: and for people who are thinking that's a little bit like Sorry, I'm just beginning and that's kind of university level vegan. <laughs> um, as Richard said, you can't actually buy it. And we me and Adam bought some um, I think it was Amazon Marketplace, you know, where they've got all of the different ingredients from all over the world. And it was you could buy it in kind of a nice block that you could slice really thinly yeah. so you got the texture. And then to that, you can kind of fry it in, you know, as you said, add, add a kind of sauce to it, like a, a sort of barbecue sauce, or you could fry it in spices and it just kind of sucked up the flavor of everything. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, maybe that's more entry level for people, or in jars, as you said. Um, yeah,
1: for sure. You can think, also buy it dried, you could buy it dehydrated okay. at Asian supermarkets, um, much like I think we talked about last time, um, TVP or... Yeah. It's like a soya-based protein mm. meat alternative, but you can buy it like that, and you just hydrate Rehydrate it in it. in hot water, and then just chuck it in a stir fry or chuck it in a whatever whatever you're T- cooking. TVP
0: is textured vegetable protein, isn't it? And that's yeah, that's like if you, it's not quite. I guess I don't I don't really know what vegan mince constitutes when you because now you can buy vegan mince fresh, I think yes. from the supermarket, but TVP yeah. will last in your store cupboard forever. And every time you need it, you take out a portion, add boiling water or stock to it and rehydrate it. And that becomes the mince that you then add to your chilli or your spag bottle or whatever.
1: It's yeah. one of those things that I really feel like a doomsday prepper whenever I buy it in bulk <laughs> because it's like I could be I could live off this for twenty five years. It's, I told it's you like, we lived
0: we, during college time. We lived on TVP. It was like <laughs> the ge- cheapest source of protein. It is. It, yeah. it's, it's a good thing, you know. It's 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 a good product. Definitely, it really
1: is. I mean, it's yeah. definitely not the most flavoursome of the meat no. alternatives out there, but it's super versatile and, like you said, it's yeah. shelf stable, so it lasts yeah. for. So like as a
0: yeah TVP mince if you're adding tons and tons of flavour like in a chili you you'd be all right with that. Yeah. Um, What about the the uh, the bacon question? What about getting that kind of smoky, you know, kind of umami bacony flavour? Is anything people can use for that sort of? Yeah.
1: So vegans love making bacon out of everything and anything (laughs) like if it's if it's at all bacon shaped they'll make it into bacon (laughs) trust me i've seen everything but the main method that people use is to make sort of like a bacon marinade and that way you can you know i've seen people do it with with daikon, you know, like a kind of radish, wow. slice it really thin, long, like a long slice. Yeah, exactly. Leave it in the marinade overnight, and then the next day fry it up like it's bacon. You can also brush a marinade onto um like sliced rice paper. Do you know the stuff that you make summer rolls out mm-hmm. of? And if you double up the layer and then stick it under the grill with a bit of the marinade still left on, it goes gorgeous and crispy, kind of like American style crispy bacon. But the marinade's dead easy. All you need um, is a bit of dark soy sauce, a bit of liquid smoke, which you can buy at supermarkets nowadays. It's not—it's not necessarily a specialist ingredient anymore. Um, liquid smoke, dark soy sauce, a little bit of maple syrup helps to give it a bit of a bit of sweetness, um, and then just some sort of oil, some sort of neutral oil to sort of give it that fattiness as well. Um, Uh, whisk it all together brush it on and let it let it marinate over time
0: have you done Um, it with i was just going to say i you reminded me when you said baking everything i'm sure someone recommended it for banana skins is that right (laughs)
1: I've seen people do it with banana skins. I've personally not tried any banana skin recipes for obvious (laughs) um, repulsion reasons, but um, I've heard heard great things. I've heard people making really, really delicious sort of pulled pork from banana skins, but I'm definitely not an expert on on that. But it's nothing new. Like most of these things, it's not a new thing. It's like a, it's a traditional recipe from somewhere else in the world. That That we've like adopted as, oh wow, it's suddenly
0: trendy. I... I, (laughs) Yeah, I saw, um, I think everyone saw Nigella do a curry recipe. Yes. And I, I was I was definitely intrigued by it. But at the same time, somebody said, oh, yeah, it tastes a bit like aubergine, like really soft aubergine. I was like, oh, I'm not sure I want to go to the that softness of, you know, for me, like yeah. the, the beauty of aubergine is getting it just before it starts turning right. into an absolute like... Yeah. mush so yeah and so i think for that if reason i haven't yeah
1: if it takes a lot of effort and it still doesn't taste anything like meat then what's the point <laughs> right that's not the that's not the goal here But them but yeah no you can honestly you can make bacon out of out of anything people do do it with strips of aubergine as well that's one of my favorite ways to yeah do, aubergine is
0: to because it. it's got because before it you know goes into complete disintegration it does have that really nice kind of like aubergine is like a meat they all say like a meaty veg it is one of the meaty veg yeah. isn't it and it's got a really nice think as texture well, to it
1: beca- because it's so sort of spongy before it's cooked as well mm. it just soaks up any flavor that you put on it so you know a night a night or eight hours in in some proper vegan bacon marinade and a slice of aubergine is delicious even yeah. if it doesn't look like bacon <laughs> once it's grilled and it's in a blt you know it's it's exactly. uh, it's delicious
0: stick around for more brilliant tips from richard including how to veganize some of your favorite recipes and what about that kind of you know that that distinctive umami flavor that you get? i mean Mm. i know it comes from meat but you can get it in other vegetable based things as well can't we
1: all sorts of things yeah i mean my favorite way of using it and this is just because i would put it on absolutely anything is marmite marmite is one of my yes. absolute all favorite sources of umami flavor and i put it in everything so I, put you, it in gravy, you high- I put it on roast potatoes i put Do it you? yeah spooning is your, straight is into your tolerance
0: mouth. quite level i mean is your tolerance yeah. is your tolerance <laughs> quite high so all right i, I went to a, a a cafe once and i i was asking the woman if i could have marmite on my toes to take away and she she didn't know what I was asking her. And and then someone else said, Oh, it's that, and pointed it to the jaw. And I thought, oh, hang on a minute. She doesn't come across Marmite before. <laughs> <laughs> like she spread it like jam. And I literally, I was like, oh, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna try and eat it. And it, I, I almost had like an anxiety attack because it was so much longer. I got this like marmite rush. So that's, that's probably that's your ideal idea level. I was going
1: yeah. marmite like I mean, jam. It's- it's your weeks, weeks, daily dosage of salt, probably, but um, but yeah. That aside, that sounds like heaven to me. Um, I noticed
0: on your um, on on your pantry uh, classics that you um you, re- you were really into dried shiitakes. They're quite a good one yeah. as well, aren't they?
1: They really are, and they're perfect for um, any sort of broth or stew or gravy or anything because. A, they're, they're dried, so they're shelf-stable. You can just have them in the house for whenever you're making them. Um, and also, B, they they hydrate so quickly. And if you've ever used them in in any of the recipes, say like a risotto recipe or whatever, you end up with this really beautiful, delicious sort of um, mushroom stock at the end of it where, where they've been hydrated. And um, that in and of itself is absolutely delicious sometimes I just drink it I know that sounds really gross but it's almost like drinking bovril you know it's like this beautiful sort of meaty stock but that added into any stew or um or gravy or just throwing really finely sliced um shiitake mushrooms into a stew or or gravy will will make for a really delicious umami taste I mean one of my favorite we were talking about mints before vegan minces. And one of my favorite methods when I've not got any store-bought stuff in in the in the house is to just mince up shiitake mushrooms, hydrate them, mince them up really, really finely. And then you can even throw in some sort of like tinned um lentils if you want to beef up the protein levels. Beef up, that's ironic, isn't it? Beef up the protein levels. Um, and mince all of that together as well and it it really browns beautifully it's super umami and it goes with everything
0: i asked alex who's our online editor what olive readers are looking for online basically um you know what recipes they're searching for with the word vegan in front of it and she came up with three um so it was vegan banana bread, vegan pancakes and vegan cheese now the last one i want to talk about in a little bit more detail but Banana bread, pancakes. Um, what what little changes are you going to have to make to, to veganise those? Because obviously your banana bread, you can't have any eggs or butter in it. And your pancakes, oh. again, lifty things. You can't have any eggs or I think yeah. buttermilk or anything like that. Can you give mm-hmm. us some some little tips for, um, for those two?
1: So banana bread is actually a really, really vegan-friendly uh, dish just because... Um, one of the first egg replacements I ever used was mashed bananas. And they are really, really brilliant at um, holding on to moisture and making sure that baked goods stay really nice and moist. Um, and that's the first thing you want in a banana bread. Nobody wants a dry banana bread. Um, so uh, in terms of egg replacements, you needn't worry. I really think eggs in a banana bread recipe are, are unnecessary anyway. So find your favourite banana bread recipe and just give it a go without the eggs and see how it turns out. If it is a little bit dry, maybe up the amount of bananas, maybe add an extra mashed banana in there. But um, that's one of the first things that I used as a as an egg replacement. And they're, they're great. I use them all the time in brownies as well. They're really, really good. Um, but in terms of the butter... Uh, this is something that is very easily replaced if you've got access to just you know like a decent vegan butter and there's a lot out there vegan margarines are all over the place now but all all of flora's range is is vegan now so that's that's fine um but also uh, uh, in my memory I would always have melted the butter to put into a banana bread recipe so you may as well just use oil anyway so like a neutral coconut oil or even sunflower oil or you know something without without too much flavor and um and it it could be it could be necessary to increase the uh, baking powder or baking soda whatever it is that you're using to give it that rise a little bit but I'd recommend giving your favourite recipe a try, just making those simple replacements and see how it turns out. If it's a bit flat, add a bit of baking powder, you know, whatever. It's um, it's not a tricky one, banana bread, I would say.
0: Yeah. And then what about pancakes? Because we're coming up to Shrove Tuesday, I believe.
1: Well, weirdly, I just made banana bread pancakes and they were really delicious yesterday, literally yesterday. And it was essentially just banana bread batter but it cooked like a like a pancake and it worked beautifully it was really delicious love
0: that um, idea so you get a little lift from your because you'll have like you said you'll have a, a little bit of baking powder in there anyway and then your bananas yeah. will give you the kind of the bounciness of the egg that's a really nice exactly. idea yeah
1: and they help to keep it nice and thick like an american style pancake rather than like a thin sort of crepe um But yeah, I think the main thing you want to look out for in a uh, pancake recipe is the milk. You're going to want to replace the milk with something um, fairly decent. And I would say don't be tempted to just go for the creamiest vegan milk that you can use. So a lot of people, when they're baking um, and they're making a replacement for milk, they use, say, oat milk, something that feels really creamy and really rich. But I would always say if you can in baking, use soy milk because soy naturally contains lecithin, which is an emulsifier. Um, it's the ingredient in egg yolks that helps to emulsify ingredients and stop, you know, things from splitting, whether it's your batter or your, you know, cookie dough or whatever. Um, and soy naturally contains lecithin. So you'll find it really does improve the texture of the final bake if you use soy milk over any other kind of plant plant milk so, for that. So this bit, is the time reason. to
0: go back to the, the original vegan milk soy, which everyone yeah. which was the only thing everyone was drinking like 10, <laughs> 15 years ago until yes. we got this explosion of all different kinds of milks. So that, I mean I only good. I
1: literally only ever buy two kinds of vegan milk. I mean mm. excluding canned coconut milk. Right. But in terms of cartons, I would only ever buy unsweetened soy milk soy for bacon. and like a really nice creamy oat milk for in coffee or for your coffee you
0: know, yeah. yeah cool top tips there um and on that note actually um we did a baking series last year and if anyone wants to go and listen to it richard did a fascinating really really deep dive into um vegan baking, which is great. So um I'd check that out. Um, and lastly, because I want to talk about cheese, because you know, I love cheese, you love cheese, our readers love cheese. Vegan cheese is one of the biggest things that they search for. And I know right. that you've had quite a long journey into vegan cheese, making it from scratch, yeah. making all of your favorite cheesy recipes out of it, and you you've nailed it basically. Um and you did one of our most popular vegan recipes online, which is the vegan mac and cheese. It's fantastic. Um, Can you talk us through the different, because it it hits various points and various Mm. different ingredients that, you know, that all come together to make this like the ultimate vegan cheese. So can you kind of talk us through the recipe?
1: Yeah, sure. So, That recipe is, I have this really vivid memory of baking it and I was on my own in the house and um, I think it was maybe try number three of trying to get it right and I was starving by this point. I was absolutely starving and it came out of the oven and honestly, it could have tasted horrendous because I was going to eat it anyway, but I ate the entire tray, the entire tray. tray it's massive it's There's a massive of grams of
0: pasta in here I'm looking at the <laughs> recipe
1: <laughs> all right Jimmy no judgment but um <laughs> it's delicious and I feel like what makes it so good is um you're right it's those elements of cheesiness I'm doing that you can't see this because this is a podcast but I'm doing that with with quotes quotations um And I feel like the main thing you need to hit is that sort of cheesy nuttiness, and as uh, you know, unless you've had your head in in the sand, um, I I I think most people understand that that comes from nutritional yeast. In a lot of vegan, I still think I still
0: think nutritional yeast though is it might be for us as cookery writers, um, you know, quite familiar but i mm. still think people feel a little bit removed from it you know people you think it's it's
1: a, it's a cult ingredient it's one of those ones that uh, if you know you know
0: yeah we all we always say like when we're writing recipes remember that mo- a lot of people don't have the same you know it's not their job to constantly yeah. be thinking about food and, sure. and like looking at food and reading about food and reading about trends so so you know even people who've been vegan for a couple of years might still be doing what what you said before and using yeah. a, a mixture of replacements and whatever so i'm i'm still fascinated by nutritional yeast i think it's and i think i think it's I think as well
1: as someone who basically grew up in a in a health food store like i've yeah. seen the packets of <laughs> nutritional them, yeast yeah. my entire life so because yeah, they're not
0: trendy are they they're the old-fashioned kind of they're the old
1: <laughs> ones yeah they're, it's a deep cut nutritional <laughs> yeast um yeah, well, I mean, for for uh, back to basics, nutritional yeast is it's basically a, uh, it has no lift to it. It has no raising properties. It's it's um, it's dead on that front. But it's a uh, it has this really beautiful deep umami nutty cheesy flavour that um, I find that if you add it to any sort of creamy sauce like a bechamel or whatever, it just ups that cheesy cheesy factor exponentially um and it looks a bit like fish food so don't be put off it's these sort of flaky little yellow flakes but um but it's delicious and the smell alone i really i love the smell of it but what you miss i think when you overuse nutritional yeast is that sort of tang that that cheese gives you that sort of acidity. And so in whatever recipe you're making that has that sort of cheesy vibe, you want to find a source of acidity in there somewhere. So whether you use lemon juice or a little dash of vinegar, you can even buy vegan um, lactic acid, which is like, it comes in in a powder form, but that's sort of pro level stuff. And I wouldn't say it's necessarily even much better than just using a dash of vinegar.
0: Dash of vinegar. So you've got apple cider of vinegar in your because you make like a cheese topping from uh cashew nuts which is another one of your hero ingredients isn't it Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i mean cashews are heroes in that they are mega creamy and when you soak them in hot water for a little bit they blend perfectly smoothly um, and you get this gorgeous really really rich creamy creamy flavor and add to that the nutritional yeast add to that a bit of apple cider vinegar and you've already got something that tastes super super cheesy the one thing i would say be aware of is that i read a few articles recently about um the ethical issues with uh with cashew nuts and apparently there's a lot of issues with farmers rights so just be careful where you get your cashews from and it may be worth splashing out buying some fair trade ones um just to just so that you're, you know, guilt-free on that I think
0: that I think that happens quite often in the food world, where something becomes very popular, and you know, we 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 do and we should constantly check ourselves about, yeah. you know, sourcing things and where they're from, and and if there's a story in the news, you know, there there is usually a a good way of buying it, keeping the farmers. You know, it's it's not always the answer to just stop using it because people still need to work and live so exactly. you know, there's a lot of information out there to sort of educate yourself with um so look at looking at the recipe it's you know you've, you've made your nut topping which is cashew nuts, vinegar a little bit of syrup um coconut oil kind of whizzed together and that's kind of your super cheesy topping to go on top yeah but, um this and, and again because it's it's mac and cheese it's just normal pasta but talk us through the sauce because you're using um a few special ingredients we've got white miso in there and we've got tapioca starch
1: yeah so miso again is one of my sort of big flavor bomb ingredients in that um, if you've ever used it in miso soup or any sort of recipes as like a stock starter or I, I don't know, whatever. It's got such a beautiful flavour. And I would say that if you close your eyes and say spread it on a cracker or something, it's not that far away from a cheesy flavour. It has that sort of funky fermented flavor of like an aged cheese um and again when you combine it with stuff like nutritional yeast um it gives it even more of that so i just think it adds another dimension to the to the sauce that gives it that sort of cheesy kick but then the tapioca starch is really for texture so tapioca starch is much like cornstarch in that it helps to thicken sauces and um and uh, emulsify sauces and make them really really smooth and glossy but unlike cornstarch tapioca starch makes things stringy and stretchy so that's the reason it's in my sort of one of my most popular recipes is a, is a vegan mozzarella recipe and that's where the sort of stretchy stringy cheesiness comes from it's the tapioca starch and it's just the way, it's just what happens when you thicken something with with tapioca starch you get this sort of like stringy experience but um but it works really well in this recipe because it's a baked mac and cheese so as it bakes the tapioca starch cooks and you just get this beautiful sort of glossy baked uh yeah gorgeous pasta I'm you're so really making hungry. me hungry talking about <laughs> but
0: in in saying that it's it's not it's not a, a highly complex recipe you're basically going through a very similar process as you would to make in a normal mac and cheese but you're just sub, you're just substituting in various little tricks so sure. you end up with this amazing super cheesy thing and yes i'm actually starving as well, well thank you <laughs> I mean, after reading
1: <laughs> and by all means though if you've got a Uh, a vegan cheese that you're really fond of and you're really into there's no need to make that topping for the top just grate it on and and bake it as you as you normally would that's fine but what I like doing is creating recipes that work for people who don't necessarily have access to a big supermarket or perhaps live in the sticks and you know whatever have to order things online but um yeah vegan cheese isn't necessarily accessible to everybody but hopefully the ingredients for this recipe are
0: and then once you, as you said, once you've bought your tapioca starch and you've got your vinegar in your store cupboard, you've got your cashews, you know, you've, they're all um, ambient things. They, they don't go off. So you've got yeah. them to use again and again and again. And that's what's nice about giving people the tools to do this is then they can go back and recreate it without having to go and buy new stocks of stuff.
1: And as well, if you feel like the recipe needs a few tweaks and you understand what each of these ingredients does, then it's like, yeah, I want some more tank. I'm going to add some more some more apple cider vinegar or I want some more of that funky fermented flavour. I'm going to, you know, up the um, the uh, miso, miso amount.
0: Brilliant. Well, I think we've got some great tips there. So keep it simple. Don't try and dive in. <laughs> Don't be like your, your builder and eat salads and then just give up. <laughs> try, you know, use clever replacement, ease yourself in carefully, mm. um, you know, and try some new things. And go on to olivemagazine.com and try Richard's vegan mac and cheese because it is fantastic. Um, but thank you so much for coming to chat to us today, Richard. And if people want to find you on Instagram and go and check out those pantry staples, it's at school night vegan. That's the one all yeah. right brilliant thank you so much for coming today
1: <laughs> thank you for having me janine
0: okay bye thanks for listening to the olive magazine podcast if you want to listen to the other episodes in this special vegan series or explore more of our back catalogue of over 200 episodes you'll find us on all the main platforms and at our website olivemagazine.com where you also find tons of useful recipes and some great cooking advice